Royals and Rebels, and welcome to Circuit Court Entertainment, where we talk about how history and law have affected all forms of media. I'm your host, Mina, and today we are discussing what Mattel's Monster High and Kristen Chenoweth playing a version of Disney's Maleficent have to do with each other. Okay, I admit this is slightly clickbaity, as both are on the fringes of today's topic, but stay with me for a tale ranging from the dolls to the small screen. Have you heard about this series in the 2010s? It's about the kids of fairy tale heroes and villains going to high school together. There was a doll line and some movies. The daughter of the evil queen was one of the leads. A major plot point was kids trying to figure out their way from under their parents' shadows. Rapunzel had two kids. No, I'm not talking about Disney's descendants. Well, not exclusively. I'm also talking about the series that Mattel debuted before. Ever After High, a series that ended right as Descendants came out, and they do not exist without each other. But let's back up a bit. In 1988, Mattel and Disney first began a brand partnership. Mattel had unique access to create dolls based on Disney characters. While profitability was always likely, in 1989, The Little Mermaid debuted, and Mattel found themselves at the forefront of the Disney Renaissance reaping the rewards alongside Disney. In fact, the Aladdin DVD commentary, the directors note that Raja was only in the movie to sell toys. The partnership continued, the Disney Renaissance and Mattel proving very synergistic. But after a while, Mattel noticed that the fashion trends were drifting to something Barbie, still their flagship line, couldn't provide. Something alternative. Different. Monstrous. In 2010, Mattel created a new doll line, Monster High. It was an absolute smash hit. By its third year, it had grossed over $1 billion between its doll line, DVD sales, and various licensed merchandise such as stickers and notebooks. The doll line itself was marked by unique faces, high-quality joints, hair, accessories, and designs that towed the line between stylish and scandalous. To promote the series, free 2D webisodes were released on YouTube, which fleshed out the characters' personalities, and once or twice a year, a 3D movie was made with relevant tie-in doll lines with smaller web series design lines sprinkled in. I, uh, I'm one of the adults who fell in love with Monster High. I'm not even a doll person, but I love the monsters the puns, and the work put into the fashion. Maybe after this episode I'll show off my collection, and yes, I'm liking G3 so far. Either way, Monster High rose to be the number two doll line in the entire market at this time, just behind Barbie. And Barbie's numbers were slipping slightly. While the Disney princesses' lines were a large part of the business, they were licensed. In other words, Mattel had to pay Disney to use them which ate into their profits. Post-Disney Renaissance, they also had some increased success with the Disney Princess line, where the Disney princesses are promoted outside of their debut years. As covered in Bloomberg's 2015 article, The $500 Million Battle Over Disney Princesses, it had started in 2000 when an executive noticed a lot of handmade outfits and accessories at a Disney on ice show and realized they were missing a market. 
Andy Mooney was the one who noticed the Disney on ice situation and began to set up the Disney princess's line and its rules. The main rule, still mostly enforced today, is that princesses can't acknowledge each other. For example, in 2002's video game Kingdom Hearts, the princesses at one point share a room, but their eye lines are usually just to the side of the princess across from them. The princess line was also somewhat flexible in its early years. Some of the princesses were even cut, such as Tinkerbell, who spun off into her own line called Disney Fairies, and Hunchback's Esmeralda, which there is a lot going on there, and let's leave it at that. Barbie, Monster High, and Disney princesses made up a lot of Mattel's doll business, but it wasn't to last. Barbie's sales were slipping in the face of steep competition for more modern lines like Bratz, along with a general annui over the line and both Disney and Barbie's place in feminism and modern-day play. However, with Monster High being such a smash hit and helping stave off Mattel's Barbie problems, other doll lines were vying for a piece of the pie. Bratz had Bratzillas, who were all witches. Jack Pacific launched Zombie Girls, which is fairly self-explanatory, but had a nice twist in that they were all from specific time periods. Someone tried to do Once Upon a Zombie, but the designs were just blatantly Disney princesses with zombie filter, so Disney sued. And Disney themselves had Attractionistas, which were Disney attractions but Monster High-style dolls. So, with a long list of things Mattel preemptively copyrighted in case Monster High was successful, they took a crack at a new line that was in the public domain and was eternally relevant. A spin-off doll line from Monster High at the height of its popularity. A line called Ever After High. Ever After High was about the children of fairy tales. The two leads were Apple White and Raven Queen, daughters of Snow White and the Evil Queen, respectively. In their world, fairy tales are repeated each generation, though individuals can influence how the fairy tales play out. However, Raven's mom went beyond her story and had to be sealed away. Everyone expects Raven to be the same or worse than her mother. But when the time comes to sign her destiny to follow in her mother's footsteps, she can't do it. This ends up fracturing Ever After High between the royals, who want to follow their parents, and the rebels, who want to tell their own stories. But since both sides need the other, there is a large chance that this could be the last generation of fairy tales. For the most part, royals are the heroes in their stories, with happily ever afters ahead of them, and rebels are the villains who don't want to be that way, though there is a lot of ambiguity. For example, Faebel Thorne, daughter of the evil fairy from Sleeping Beauty, and Duchess Swan, the next in the tragedy of the ballet-accurate swan princess, are royals, while Ashlyn Ella and Rosabella Beauty, the next Cinderella and Belle respectively, are rebels. The series debuted in 2013 and continued until 2016 or 2017. Some doll lines get pulled after only a single release, such as the previously mentioned Zombie Girls. I can't find any stats for Ever After High dolls, but they sold well enough to go on for a few years. Dolls were designed to come out in 2017, but it doesn't seem like they were released. But Mattel had bigger problems. In 2015... Disney had decided not to renew the princess license with Mattel. Disney had also noticed the Ever After High line, and while Ever After High had made almost all of the designs distinct from the Disney stuff, 
the characters pulled from the stories themselves, and for the most part, any Disney-specific iconography or colors was usually more of an accent, Disney felt slighted. Disney also felt like Mattel was trying to undercut them in the doll space. While the characters themselves are in the public domain, according to the Bloomberg article, Disney had felt like they were being ignored by Mattel for the last few years. Apple White and Raven Queen just pushed them over the edge. So, Disney went to Mattel's main competitor, Hasbro, who was looking for some quick cash. While their lines weren't exactly doing badly at this point, they found themselves struggling. The Michael Bay Transformers franchise that started in 2007 was because the toys were being handed down from parent to child. Sweet, but didn't help Hasbro's bottom line. My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, debuted in 2010 and was wildly successful, but did not carry the prestige and profits of the Disney princesses, especially as 2015 Disney was still riding the success of Frozen. In addition, Disney and Hasbro were already working together. Disney had bought Star Wars in 2012 when Hasbro already had the Star Wars toy license. Marvel toys were also Hasbro. This is why Funko Marvel and Star Wars toys are bobbleheads, as Hasbro had the license for the figures. So when Disney gave them the princess line, Hasbro had a few ideas of what to do with it. While Anna and Elsa from 2013's Frozen still have yet to be put in the princess line, the Frozen sales are too successful. Hasbro looked at their action series and began to promote the princesses as powerful. Princesses were brave, smart, kind, everything you want your little girl or yourself to be. At the same time, Disney began to work on Descendants. Descendants, debuted in 2015, is also about the children of various fairy tales going to the same high school and trying to figure out if they want to follow in their parents' footsteps or not. The Descendants' main character is Mal, daughter of Maleficent, and they debuted with a big TV movie and a toy line. Before I go further, if you are wondering if dolls matter beyond their clothing, to some extent, yes. I touched on this briefly when I mentioned Monster High. There are various markers of doll quality, and Ever After High and Descendants were quite different. Ever After High's hair tended to use the more expensive and silky saran, while Descendants used the cheaper and frizzy poly. Ever After High had more articulation or movement. Ever After High also had more elaborate clothing and shoes compared to Descendants, but Descendants may have had more accessories. In the end, Descendants was accordingly priced cheaper than Ever After High and had more brand recognition from Disney, and that finally sealed Ever After High's fate. In 2016, Ever After High closed its doors. The series had never quite made the waves Monster High did, and Monster High's sales were also slipping. Monster High had overflooded their market. Their designs looked cheaper and less ornate, and while the movies and YouTube shorts had always been a way to add dolls and designs to the line, it was getting a bit obvious. Monster High's direct-to-DVD movies, such as 2015's Boo York, Boo York, and 2014's Freaky Fusion, had introduced several characters that were there for the doll line and to show off the signs, not for their interaction with the story, as most never showed up again in the webisodes, let alone get a second line of dolls. In addition, the edgy looks that had made it so popular with kids was never a hit with the parents, and adjusting Monster High to fit the parents' desires in a 2016 reboot ended up driving away a lot of the longtime fans. 
with Monster High ending, Ever After High was not in a place to pick up the market. They had never really done the DVD sales. Most of their movies had gone straight to Netflix. In addition, the outside licensing that had helped sell Monster High early on and continued the brand had never really been extended to Ever After High. They had a couple of books and costumes for Apple and Raven, but Monster High had that and birthday party sets, stickers, vinyl figures, blind bags, makeup, and more. Mattel did try to tie the two lines together. Boo York, Be York had teased a crossover movie with Ever After High, and Mattel eventually put up most of those storyboards for the crossover movie up on YouTube with Monster High characters Dracula and Claudine commenting, but it was too little too late. Descendant releases continued until the last dolls released around 2019 with the release of Descendants 3. While it hadn't managed to outlast Ever After High, they had only ever shared shelf space for a year or so. In 2022, Mattel regained the Disney Princess Light, though Hasbro has kept Star Wars and Marvel. Also in 2022, Monster High debuted its third generation with drastically overhauled designs and personalities. Will Ever After High return? Unclear. There's been a little bit of movement on their Spotify, with Ever After High uploading two never-before-heard songs, but they sound AI-generated and the art is just screen caps. In addition, Descendants has some spin-off movies coming, and they have a theater musical. Did Disney have grounds to take the princess license from Mattel? Unclear. The initial 1988 contract might have given Mattel restrictions, but the Ever After High designs usually drew little to nothing from Disney counterparts, especially when they were still under contract. At least nothing that wasn't in the public domain fairy tales anyway. Some of the characters were gender-swapped due to female dolls traditionally selling better, though one was swapped to a male, and the Ever After High costumes stood out in the toy aisles. Did Descendants openly crib from Ever After High? Yes. It's unclear how much was that and how much was just storytelling and marketing. Mal may have gotten a bit too close to Raven, but if you want to make your Lee be both the child of a villain and be heroic, they're going to rebel against their parents, just kind of how stories work. And villains also tend towards dark palettes. At the end of the day, the giant companies are all doing okay. Though I really wish that Ever After High would come back. They had some fantastic designs and a really fun world. However, since Descendants has a new movie, then they will probably have a new doll line to go with it. If that does happen, I wonder who will make it. Mattel or Hasbro? Thank you for listening to Circuit Court Entertainment. If you found this episode interesting, please tell others as this is a new podcast. Please subscribe on all the major podcast services. And you can find me on Twitter at CCEPod. This episode was written, edited, and recorded by me, Mina. The script was edited by C.J. Peterson. Podcast art by Empress Cirque on Twitter. Thank you for your time, and I hope to hear from you soon. Bye!